0: There's an expression that we use in the dog behavior world. What happens at the vet stays with the pet. In other words, your dog's stress during veterinary visits can contribute to their overall anxiety levels and the resultant aggression to humans and or dogs. If you've been listening to these podcast episodes, you know that what's driving your dog's aggression is fear of unfamiliar humans and or dogs their aggression is a reaction to that fear. Please note that there is a distinction between fear, anxiety, and phobia. But for this episode, we're just going to use the catch-all term stress for the most part to refer to the discomfort your dog is feeling at the vet's office. We want to minimize that stress, of course, that your aggressive dog feels at the vet's office in order to achieve these two primary objectives. Number one, Your dog doesn't get so stressed at the vet's office. We want to make the vet visit less agonizing for your dog. Number two, the stressful impact of your dog's visit to the vet doesn't add to their fear behavior issues outside of the vet's office, such as aggression toward humans and or dogs. Simply stated, we want to make your dog's vet visit less stressful for them, and we don't want them to carry that stress outside of the vet office. You have a lot more control over the environment at the vet's office than you realize. Your dog's experience at the vet is primarily your responsibility. Just like a loving human parent controls the health care of their child, you must do the same at the veterinarian's office, especially since you have a fearful dog. Some veterinary offices are fairly knowledgeable about managing fearful dogs. But the truth is, many are not. And this is why you have to take a leading role in your dog's behavioral experience at the vet's office. Hi, I'm Scott Schaefer, and you're listening to the Dog Aggression Answers Podcast. I've worked with thousands of aggressive dogs and their owners, and I'm certified by two international certifying organizations in dog behavior. In this podcast series, I'll explain why your dog is acting aggressively and provide recognized science-based answers. Things you can do to make things better. Understanding and addressing your dog's aggression will make living with your dog better and let's not forget, improve your dog's life too. Dogs fall into one of three groups when making a visit to the veterinarian's office. Category one, despite the pokes and the prods, This group of dogs doesn't mind veterinary visits and actually enjoys all the attention, despite all the bad stuff that might be associated with visiting the vet's office. Category two, this group of dogs doesn't enjoy visiting the vet, but puts up with all of the unwanted fuss anyway. Most dogs fall into this category. Don't love going to the vet, but I don't make a scene when I'm there. Category three, and this is probably where your dog falls if you're listening to this episode. This group of dogs is fearful while at the vet. They can act aggressively, tremble, shut down, try to avoid anybody associated with a vet, or do everything they can to avoid anyone at that office. If you're listening to this, your dog most likely falls into this category, as I mentioned earlier. Remember, Whether your dog is acting aggressively, trembling, shutting down, trying to avoid everybody, the root cause for all those different manifestations of behavior is what? Fear. Dogs who are fearful when at the veterinary office can also take some of this stress home with them in the form of increased generalized anxiety. And what does that mean? Generalized anxiety or globalized anxiety just simply means the dog is nervous about a lot of things, if not everything. This means that the negative experiences at the vet can add to your dog's chronic underlying anxiety. The expression for this is, as we mentioned earlier, what happens to the vet can stay with the pet. As promised, here are some powerful things you can do to prevent manage, and improve your aggressive dog stress when they visit the veterinarian's office. There are actually 10 of them. Let me start with number one. Veterinary offices are least busy mid-morning and mid-afternoon on weekdays, much like a human doctor's office would be. Take your dog to visit the veterinarian at those times. The reduced number of people and other animals may reduce the chance of your dog being triggered or going over threshold. There is usually no problem scheduling visits mid-morning and mid-afternoon because, as mentioned earlier, this is not a popular time for visits. Number two, have someone go with you when you take your dog in for a veterinary visit. While one person stays with the dog in the car when you arrive, the other person does the check-in prior to your taking your dog in. In other words, your dog is not going to loiter in the lobby going over threshold and seeing all these triggers. At the end of the appointment, take the dog directly back out to your car while the other person does the checkout. The only issue I see with doing this usually is on check-in, where the vet office wants to weigh your dog. You're going to just have to say, I'm going to waive that, and I can tell you about what the dog weighs. And in many of the rooms, the examination rooms, they have scales in there as well. In fact, you may request an exam room with a scale so you don't have to take the time to weigh your dog out in the general lobby area. Number three, and by the way, don't tell your vet that I'm telling you about number three because it has a naughty component. You'll see what it is in just a second. But believe me, the naughtiness of this is nothing compared to the benefit of this. Here we go. McDonald's makes a kids size cheeseburger that, no surprise here, dogs absolutely love. On your way to the veterinary office, pick one of these up and dole it out in small pieces while there. not on the way, but once you get there. Your dog never gets this kind of treat. See what we're doing here? Association, except when visiting the veterinarian. Further, Pieces of this cheeseburger don't start until the moment you step in the vet's office and the fun ends immediately when you walk outside of the vet's office. We're making an association here. Visiting the vet gets me a special treat that I never, ever get anywhere else. Do you have to use McDonald's cheeseburger? Of course not. Any special treat, really special treat, high value treat that your dog only gets when visiting the vet can work here. Number four, ask your veterinarian about pre-treating your dog with an anti-anxiety medication or medications prior to the visit. Your veterinarian can prescribe medications that are typically given one to two hours prior to the appointment to help your dog relax during the visit. In some cases, your vet may have you administer these medications to your dog the night before the visit as well as the day of the visit. This is a great go-to strategy, and it's called PRN, which just means as needed. This is just done as needed. Any small negative to having your dog somewhat sedated at the vet is far outweighed by the benefit of not putting your dog through all that stress. Number five, there are three elements that always apply to fearful dogs during vet visits whether they are presenting with aggression, trembling, hiding, or avoidance. Remember, the root cause is always the same, fear. This fifth item has three elements to it, and this is a really important one of the ten. They're all important, but this one is us. I'm going to put a star by this one. Let me break down these three elements for you. Element one of number five. Veterinary office employees, including the veterinarian, are not to look, touch, or talk to your fearful dog unless necessary as part of the exam, for example. That's right. Even the smallest amount of well-meaning attention makes your dog more afraid. Attention from unfamiliar humans, which is what the veterinary staff is most likely to be, makes nervous dogs more nervous. And please let me remind you, You may have known the veterinary staff for 20 years. Your dog has not known them for 20 years. Your dog makes the call as to who they are comfortable with or not. Element two of number five. These same vet employers are not to approach or close the distance between themselves and your dog unless it's needed as part of the exam. So element one says we're not looking, touching, talking. Element two says don't move toward the dog, in the exam room, for example, until it is absolutely needed. And of course, the reason for this, if you've been listening to some of the episodes, is the threshold distance. The threshold distance always applies. I don't care where you are. So let's not collapse that threshold distance unnecessarily. Increased distance from unfamiliar humans makes fearful dogs feel safer. And the final element, element three of point five, on how to make your dog's vet visits less stressful is, it's okay for veterinary office employees to give your dog treats, that's right. But most of the time they do it wrong. They just need to throw the treats behind your dog or maybe to the side, but I prefer behind. They are not to feed from their hands. While many anxious dogs will take treats when at the vet's office, they just don't enjoy getting close to unfamiliar people i.e. the vet employees, in order to get them. The three elements that we just went over, by the way, also apply to your dog, your fearful dog, everywhere, not just at the vet's office. I call these in my practice the three rules. And it's very important that you not only do these at the vet's office, but really do them everywhere. We don't want people that your dog is unfamiliar with or uncomfortable with, looking, touching, talking while out in public, for example, or in your home. Number two, we don't want them moving up to your dog. And number three, if they are able to interface with your dog and your dog is reasonably comfortable, then they can throw treats behind. One of the biggest violations I see, and I see this almost literally every single day, whether it's in my practice or I see it out in public, is unfamiliar people walking up to fearful dogs and shoving their fist in the dog's face. And I'll think how much that violates these, these three rules. One is they're definitely looking, probably talking, and they're almost touching by taking their fist right up in the dog's face. It really violates element two or rule two, which says don't close that distance. It is so uncomfortable for dogs when someone that they don't know very well, who is almost always much larger than them, walks right up to them, closes that distance, sticks their fist out, and puts it right in their face. Bad, bad, bad. The way to have dogs meet you, and I'm probably gonna do a whole episode on this, is just to stand there and let them come up to you. Don't put your fist out, don't do this smell thing or whatever. I was watching a video with a police encounter recently, a training video, and what a great thing it taught the policeman and police women, is that when you have an aggressive dog, especially in a residence, the last thing you want to do is go up and throw your hand in their face. And I could tell from the dog's body language in the video that this was not going to end well, and it didn't. This is sort of a myth that pervades all of the world, I'm going to say, because I see it everywhere, even in foreign countries that the way to greet a dog is to walk up to them and throw your hand into their face. Nothing could be further from the truth. I can just look at the dog's body language and tell they are not comfortable. Stand there, let them come up to you. While I'm on it, and I'm on a little bit of a rant here, let me talk to you about something else that vets do in exam rooms and veterinary staff. I'm not picking on anybody. I see this all the time. The walk into an examination room and they'll see that the dog is a little bit nervous. It'll be maybe acting a little aggressively or trying to avoid the veterinary office employee. And what do they do? Well, first thing they do is they raise their hands up and they start moving their hands toward the dog's head, which we know is not a good thing to do. They are looking right at the dog, which we know is threatening to dogs. That's an element one we just talked about. Don't want to do that. But then they start this voice thing where they just pitch their voice up real high and they go, who have here? Oh, look at this sweet girl. Look at this sweet little boy. And you can look at the dog and see that it is terrified. And what happens is the agonistic behaviors, which means the aggression or the avoidance behaviors, the dog will escalate those because now this person is really looking scary to them. And so they escalate. And what does the veterinary employee do? Well, I just, I guess I need to do more of this. So I'm going to pitch my voice up even higher and I'm going to make more of a childlike actions in front of this terrified animal and hope to get it calmed down. Do you see the escalation that's going here? Don't do it. And if you're there with your pet and you see some of this going on or actually before it even starts, just tell the, tell the veterinary employee. You're just gonna say, hey, my dog is really fearful of new people. Can I get you to not look, touch, or talk until it's absolutely necessary And here's some treats for you. Can you just sort of throw these behind my dog, which means that the dog will be moving away from the scary person, which is usually okay. That's pretty safe feeling until it's time to actually do the exam. And and also, of course, don't move toward the, the dog if you would. Just some kind words like that, respectful words from you, just some coaching to let them know how you would like them to treat your dog. And here's what I found with veterinary staff. They're very happy to comply. They know that you know your dog better than anybody, and they know that you know what your dog wants, and they want this to be a good vet visit. They don't want any trouble, and they don't want your dog to have any stress. Let's move on to number six. Happy visits or victory visits are a good thing to do for your veterinary practice fearful dog. During these visits, you and your dog just visit your veterinarian's office and only good things happen while they are there. In other words, you're just going to visit. Nothing's happening. You're not going to weigh them. There is no exam. There are no vaccinations. Nothing is going on. It's just a, look, here we are walking into the vet's office and nothing bad is happening. And, and mom or dad, you are nice and relaxed. You might chat for a second with the employees, then just walk on through. I want you to think McDonald's kids' cheeseburger here again, like we talked about earlier. Remember, no examination or treatment. You don't want any office employees, including the veterinarian, making too much of a fuss over your dog's visit. Remember what we just talked about. Just let them be. We talked about these three elements earlier. You just want your dog comfortably walking through the office with only good things happening when there. Ensure that you walk your dog into an empty exam room while letting them explore all of the novel sights, sounds, and smells if possible. Just to walk through the lobby is okay. Avoiding humans and dogs as best as possible might go mid morning, mid afternoon. And if you can stroll into an exam room, that's pretty good too. An empty one, of course. It's advisable to let the office know in advance or schedule with them when making a happy visit or a victory visit. They will know what you're talking about. And if they don't get another vet, they will. I promise. Number seven, almost every vet office has a side entrance that bypasses the dreaded for your dog lobby area, especially at busy times. Arrange with the office prior to getting there to use this entrance. On the way out, use this same door. Number eight, If your dog is biting or otherwise acting overtly aggressive during veterinary visits, especially if this aggression is directed toward humans, properly acclimate your dog to a muzzle at your home first and put it on your dog before entering the vet's practice. Muzzles are one of the most underused tools in the world of aggressive dogs, in my opinion. Muzzles provide a number of benefits. One, it helps prevent the chance of a bite. I said helps prevent because muzzles are not absolute safety tools. Dogs can get them off, especially if they're ill-fitted. Two, makes the office staff and you more relaxed, which may ironically help your dog relax a little too. If the dog observes, the vet staff and you are more relaxed, they tend to be more relaxed too. The third benefit of a muzzle when people see a dog in a muzzle, they tend to stay away. You see a dog out in public wearing a muzzle, you typically don't go up and pet it, which is exactly what these dogs want when they are fearful. It really is a great tool. That's one of the biggest benefits. It keeps people from walking up to these dogs, these fearful dogs, and petting them. There are a handful of muzzles that I recommend and other behavior consultants recommend. They're not all great. Mesh muzzles aren't so great. We're not liking some of those and some of these ones that that have straps around the dog's muzzle aren't great. But if you would like my recommendation on a good solid muzzle, please just go to dogaggressionanswers.com and there's a couple of buttons near the bottom of that page where you can leave me a voicemail message or a text message and I will happily send you a some information that I have on good muzzle that I recommend. It's much less stressful for your dog when you put the muzzle on prior to the visit versus having a vet office employee put one on for your dog, which kind of makes sense, right? Your dog's not going to give you so much tussle to put a muzzle on. It's not going to love, in most cases, the vet employee putting it on. Further, the veterinary staff always appreciates when a dog that needs to be muzzled comes to the office with a muzzle already on and that is properly fitted. In my last episode, I talked about managing human aggressive dogs and I provide some other information about the muzzle there. Point number nine of how to make your dog's vet visit less stressful. Sometimes a dog has had so many cumulative negative experiences at a veterinary office that the veterinary office becomes poisoned to the dog. One indication of this is that your dog is reliably calm and fairly relaxed with almost all unfamiliar people in all other contexts except the vet office. In other words, the stress is specific to the veterinary office. Let me state this, though. I want to state this next very important point. This is normally not the fault of the veterinarian, the veterinary office, or any other office employees. It is not normally the case that they are to blame at all. It's just... Everyone is sort of a victim of the circumstance, but we can't ignore that, can we? It can indicate that the dog may possibly never be comfortable at the office, regardless of the measures taken. Too many bad associations to overcome. Let me give you a quick example here of this. And it also points out how it's not the vet office, the veterinarian, the vet employees' fault. I work with a dog where the dog had been in and The cleaning crew was there working behind the scenes and a broom handle fell down on the floor. You know how that makes that really loud sound. It just terrified the dog. It was a complete accident. No one was to blame. In fact, it wasn't even actually a vet office employee. It was a cleaning crew, but things like this happened. Well, this just really got to this dog. So things were not going well. Well, when you know it, of course, a few months later, the dog goes back again, and there was another sound that couldn't be helped. Someone was coming in the front door, and it was a real windy day, and there was a gust of wind that blew the door shut real quickly, and it was kind of loud, and this dog heard this, and I'm telling you this, from that point on, that dog would rather die than go in that, in that veterinary office. In fact, truth is, it probably thought it was going to if it went in there. In some cases, the best bet is to start the dog over again in a new veterinary office while carefully and consistently incorporating the ideas noted in this episode. In other words, you're getting a restart, so do it clean. Make sure there's lots of positive associations. Do your best to research the comfort level of the veterinary staff with fearful and aggressive dogs. I have found that some vet offices are absolute champs in this area dealing with dogs like this, while others are kind of vocal about their dislike of these kinds of dogs, sometimes almost being, to me, rude to the customer. In fact, I would go as far to say that about one-third of vets are neutral on these kinds of dogs, about a third are up to the task and don't mind or pretty good at handling these situations and about one-third actively work to avoid these kinds of dogs. To be honest with you, I absolutely can understand all three positions, and I really can't fault anyone. Number 10, the last thing you can do on this list to make your dog's vet visits less stressful. Many vet practices are moving toward models. I'm going to say most vet practices are moving toward models with a large number of part-time vets versus a smaller number of full-time vets. One of the main reasons for this is the large vet chains that are buying the small mom and pop vet practices. They're making these Goliath vet chains that employ lots of vets and they're filling them with a lot of part-time veterinarians. Not all, but a lot. This has resulted in some practices serving their human customers on a rotation basis when it comes to which vet will see your dog during an appointment. If you and your dog like a specific vet's professionalism and gentleness, make an effort to see that vet on every visit. Even though they may protest that they don't hook you up with a specific vet, go ahead and ask anyway. They'll do it. Ultimately you are responsible for the experience your dog has at a veterinary office. So many times I sit with my clients, their dog is there, there'll be a family at my practice, and I'll be there. And I'll look at them, and this is really true for a dog that's having trouble during veterinary visits. And I say, who is responsible for making your dog's veterinary experience the best possible? Is it? Is it you? Is it your dog? Is it me? Is it the veterinary staff? And you know the answer by now, it's you. You ultimately control. You have a lot more control in these environments than you think. You are your dog's health and behavioral advocate. Your vet has a lot of dogs and kitties to see, and is not going to focus on the specifics of your dog, especially on the behavioral side. That's your job, to work with them, and most vet practices are more than happy, for the reasons I noted earlier, to work with you in that area. By incorporating the items noted in this episode in your vet visits, you may go a long way in making your dog's experience more positive and less stressful at the vet. During your next visit with your fearful and aggressive dog, at the vet, incorporate some or all of these items in order to make your dog's visit less stressful. Remember, what happens at the vet stays with the pet. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on any of the popular podcast players. There are a couple of buttons at the bottom of the landing page on dogaggressionanswers.com if you'd like to leave me a message. I try to answer all messages and of course, I always appreciate your input. Before I sign off, I want to remind you that the information presented in this podcast is for educational purposes only. If you have a dog who's aggressive and dangerous to humans or animals, please consult directly with a certified dog behavior consultant who specializes in dog aggression. Always take proper measures to ensure that your dog is never in a position to injure any human or animal. Thank you for joining me today. Before you go, please subscribe if you haven't already. If not for yourself, do it for your dog. If you find these episodes helpful, please leave a review. I'll see you next time as we continue your journey of addressing your dog's aggression. Now go hug your dog.